Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Virgil Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And I have a very special guest who will have an authentic and open honest conversation about her journey of getting unstuck. And why she is so special to me is when I began Living Strong Consulting, she was one of the first individuals I asked to partner with me in the project, in the growth, in the opportunity that was in front of me I went to her and without hesitation, she said yes. And so this evening, to have an opportunity to talk with you, the listeners, about getting unstuck, moving beyond the place of feeling or thinking that you are stuck as we begin to embark embark upon 2022, this is a chance for Reverend Cheryl Hurley, who is the CEO and founder of Empowered to Inspire. She is also a certified life coach with a passion for tapping potential and maximizing projects. This will be an opportunity for Cheryl to share her expertise in both building a company, being an author, as well as impacting the lives through her speaking platform and her coaching platform. But, you know, when we talk about her as a coach, she uses a proven transformational three-step process that allows her to be a purpose partner to women who it is her goal to help women conquer their fears, reclaim their power, and fulfill their life purpose. Cheryl currently also serves as Associate Minister at Jones Memorial Baptist Church, which is here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And she also carries the title of Certified Biblical Counselor through PrEP Relationship Coaching, She is an HIV instructor and a certified addictions counselor through REST Philadelphia Project. Well, as though that weren't enough, (laughs) she's also an author of several books, two of which have just been launched. One, Queens Who Defy the Odds, of which she is the visionary author, and she's a contributing author for What's God Got to Do With It? She's also a curriculum developer. She has co-created Think Again, an e-course that changes the way women of faith 
manage their thoughts. So if you didn't understand before why I would have my good friend, (laughs) Reverend Cheryl Hurley, to be a part of this conversation, you now at least understand her credentials of why she is just the right person for us to be authentic and honest and get clear about what is keeping us stuck and identify the strategies to move forward. Welcome to the flip side of adversity conversation, Cheryl. Thank you, Viedra. I was just wondering as I was sitting there listening, who's this woman is she talking about? Who is this woman? I want to say first and foremost, it is an honor. It is a privilege to sit in this space with you. And you know, I love, respect, and adore you. And I just want to say thank you for how God has used you as an instrument for me in my very own life of getting unstuck. And when I listen to all the things that you just shared that I do, which I absolutely love, it's just amazing because During the time when I was stuck, I would have never imagined that I would ever hear those words being echoed out of the mouth of someone else that I'm currently doing. So thank you for the introduction and thank you for allowing me to share this space. And hello, Facebook community. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. We have both our Facebook followers as well as our listeners on Voice America. So get ready with your questions and send them in because you will have a front row opportunity to ask Reverend Cheryl Hurley, what her perspective is as a life coach, as an author, as one with several credentials that allow her to sit on platforms that have moved her from a place of feeling or being stuck to one moving, growing, and motivating others to walk in their purpose. And I know when we started our journeys together, almost paralleling this opportunity of building companies. I know that as we have had to say yes to things that we've been afraid of, Mm -hmm. be willing to lean in and be bold and live in a space of recognizing we have to trade a deficient or deficit mindset for one of true abundance, I know that sometimes just the thought of walking in our purpose or our dreams can have someone feel stuck, even though it's something that they've dreamed about. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what has been your experience when you have felt like you have been over-analyzing or overthinking things, and it's kept you in a stuck place? My thoughts have been basically that, one, I'm not good enough. Mm, I'm not smart enough. I don't matter. I don't have what it takes. I don't have all the money that I need to execute. I don't know everything that I need. And most importantly, an old story that I've told myself based upon something that I've experienced that is telling the story and it's it's in the driver's seat. That has been my experience when we talk about being stuck. And, you know, it's been that, it's been that, it's been primarily that. Yeah. As I listen to you explain each one of those 
statements of self-talk, narratives that I think anyone who's listening, if they're being honest, they Mm -hmm. have said one or two of those things (laughs) to themselves at different times. Being honest about each one of those statements, what struck me is don't, don't have, or is not. And coming from a place of negativity or insecurity, what would you say? I've often thought that insecurity and fear absolutely are in the driver's seat that hold people back. Would you agree with that? I, I I do agree. I do agree that fear and insecurity is holding there. And Viedra, as you know, as a person of faith, and we said we're having a conversation, it just took me to a place. And I want to kind of go back and share where the underlining or the root cause of that fear and that insecurity comes from. Uh, many of you may know, may not know, I'm an author of several books, but my first book was published in September of 2017. Well, when I was in high school, we had what we call was motivational counseling. And they're supposed to be the individuals that are supposed to motivate you to move forward in your career path and encourage you to take the necessary action steps that you should to get there. Well, out of all the excitement, I went to my motivational counselor and I said to her, I would love to be a journalist. And she said to me, Cheryl, you should consider becoming a social worker because very few women of color are successful in journalism. Well, we know that to be a lie. However, at that young, tender age of all this excitement and enthusiasm, my thought was, well, she's my motivational counselor, and I guess maybe she knows what she's talking about. So I'm going to go on and become a social worker. But the dream on the inside never went anywhere. But what it did was what she said, her words, because words have power, they created insecurity. Every time I thought about writing, that insecurity would come back up because of what she said. So again, fear and insecurity are the drivers. They are the drivers. And it will drive not just that, many things. Mm-hmm. When you just said words have power, we as adults, especially as I think about so many young people who are waiting for the opportunity to hear a word about the possibilities on the flip side of the past two years that we have been in and are going through together that when we are not careful with our words, it begins to plant a toxic seed that will take root and literally begin to destroy dreams, possibilities, and people will stay in the place of when those words were spoken over them. I know as as a coach as well, when I'm talking with clients, I will ask them, what is the voice you hear when you are talking about what you can't do? And how old were you the first time you heard you can't be or you are not? And release that young person, that little girl, or that young man, release them 
and recognize that just because someone spoke it over you, that does not mean that is who you are. There's more in you. There's more for you. And I know as a life coach, I'm sure you've had similar conversations with individuals that have had to change their narrative. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And one of the things that, Beatrice, because of the work that we've done together and the work that you're aware that I do, my heart of helping women conquer their fears and achieve their dreams is like having them go back and unpack what's that old story? What's that narrative that you've been telling yourself based upon something that you heard that was said to you? It could have been seven years old. And you could be an adult woman, but you're still allowing a story or something that was said to you at the age of seven to drive your decisions, to drive what it is that you do and cause you to be in a place of being stuck. So what I do is I help women to begin to unpack. Let's go down a journey. And sometimes it could be a painful journey, but in order for you to be able to move forward, you're going to have to unpack it to see where 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 did it originate. And I could clearly say, as I said, that high school counselor, it took form in many shapes and many aspects of my life. So when I hear an individual say something, particularly our young women that are gifted and talented and are skilled, I want to help them unpack sooner so they didn't have to go through life because it was 17 years before I moved mm-hmm. forward and began to unpack and walk in who and what God had called me to do. But that was the kind of impact. It would have you stuck in a place for many years, longer than you need to be. Longer than we need to be. And I think about, we've had this conversation a couple of times, especially during this pandemic, is redefining self-care. What you just described, the process that you take Mm -hmm. in how I know as a mindset coach, um, as your platform of impacting and reinventing and unpacking self-care for so many people. What you just described to me is more of self-care than any pedicure, that any vacation, that any uh, shopping spree. It's more of how are you taking care of who you are. So before we take this next break, I'd love for you to kind of share with us as one who has promoted self-care, how has overthinking impacted your overall well-being? It's caused me stress at unsurmountable levels. Stress in every area, stress to my mind, stress to my emotions, stress to my physical, stress to the point that I've been hospitalized as a result of it. So that's what happens when we allow ourselves to get stuck. We think we're just stuck in a place, but it affects our wellness greatly, greatly, the stress. It's more than just what we think, because anything we are thinking And it's in our mind, it's in our brain. If we recognize that our brain is the central point to our entire nervous system. So whatever you are allowing to stay toxic in your mind and in your brain, it will travel throughout your entire body and begin to change you on a molecular level. Share with us 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, when we think about it, it's like our thoughts, whatever's going on in our mindset and our thoughts, it's going to affect how we feel. It's going to not only affect how we feel, it's going to affect the action steps that we take and what it is that do the outcomes, it's going to affect us. And what happens is that when we think about the impact of stress, we're not able to function. We're not able to clarify and have greater clarity. We're not able to move forward. We're literally, as we say, stuck. We are stuck. And when you're in a stuck place, you're also in an unhappy place. Like you have no joy because you recognize the things that you desire to do. You're not moving in that space. So it causes frustration. And all of these things, when you say from a molecular perspective, the impact is great. If it's a man thinking or woman, so is she. So if our thoughts are on a negative, then everything is going to spiral down and the results are going to show that. That's why it's so important for us to take moments to pause and say, what am I thinking about? Yeah. It can also impact how we show up in spaces. I literally today had to pause myself. I found myself spiraling out of control. One thing after another was going wrong. And the next thing I know, I, my whole outlook on the possibility of what 2022 could look like began to feel like it was outside of my reach. But will we be bold enough to pause and courageous enough that I will not have loyalty to what someone did that discouraged me, what they did wrong, how they should have done something different, break out of that because it will cost us too much for us to stay in a broken thought process and hinder us from being willing or even physically, emotionally, or even in our habits and behaviors to move forward. We're getting ready to take a break. And I know that you've created an entire course with a colleague around Think Again. Before we go on the break, can you tell people where they can find out more information about your Think Again e-course? Sure. You can visit www.executivebeauty.net and you can learn more about the e-course. What we also offer is a sample course. So if people go there, they can even take a sample and they can get a preview of the course. But it's about thought management. And what you just said, our thoughts are so very important. So go visit and take a peek. You have it right there. So we're only beginning to scratch the surface. When we come back from this break, we're not only going to talk about think again, but what are you telling yourself in this moment that's keeping you from coming out of hiding? So stay tuned with us. Make sure you drop your questions, send your questions in so that Reverend Hurley can absolutely begin to answer them. And we'll be right back. if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? 
My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. I have been having a conversation with my good friend, Reverend Cheryl Hurley. She is a life coach, an author, an associate minister, and a speaker. And just as you shared, if you were with us in the first segment, she is also a curriculum developer. So we are having a conversation around getting unstuck. As we walk into 2022, many people have felt like their feet are in cement because of everything that has been happening to them, where Cheryl often helps women specifically unpack what's happened to them so that they can come out of hiding and walk into authentic purpose. So Cheryl, I actually want to jump into one of the questions that popped up from one of our listeners. Jeanette asked, what strategies do you do daily to remain unstuck? One of the strategies that I do daily, first of all, um, I have a prayer life that was increased at the onset of the pandemic. And each and every day, whereas I have a tendency to get up and then, you know how we have our laundry list of all the things that we need to do. I have taken a practice of every day. I have my list and I said, God, what is it that you want me to do this day? Rather than me going forth with my agenda, when we talk about letting go and letting God, it's like, what is your agenda for me for the day? So Cheryl no longer sets her agenda. I, will allow, I allow him to set the agenda because he knows the thoughts and the very plans that he has for me. And when I think about the onset of the pandemic, many of the things that I'm doing now, I was not doing before the pandemic. I was not. I was not. So what happened, that very discipline, it actually is something that I do each and every day without fail has really helped me to be more focused, more strategic and gain greater clarity about the things that he's called me to do. 
Yeah. I love the intentionality, and I know that both of us pick mm-hmm. a word for an entire year. And I remember there was one particular year that <laughs> the word intentional was yeah. your word. And every time we spoke, you talked about, that's my word, intentional. And yeah. as I think about uh, Jeanette's question, the one of the key things that stood out for me Mm-hmm. In your answer, your response was that you didn't offer up everything that was in the future, all of the dreams that were months away. You said, what, Lord, what will you do? How can you order my steps for today? Yes. Something that I've found that people often get paralyzed by yes. is that they are so consumed with all of these things that are months away, that mm. are overwhelming, that will require multiple steps, mm. partnerships, all of these additional things that are bigger than just their individual selves. And because they're thinking so far down the road, they're missing the intentionality of just the next step. Yes. Yes. One of the key things that I often encourage people to do as well is because I do the same thing. Lord, what will you do with today? I also ask people to release to take a brain dump, write down all of the ideas. First of all, get them out of your head because that's paralyzing. Get all of those ideas onto a piece of paper so you're not afraid that they'll become forgotten. But then pick the thing that is the closest next step and do that thing. (laughs) And do that thing. What are some of the challenges that you've noticed that people struggle with when they're overthinking experiences? Listening or adhering to the instructions that they're receiving and begin to question it. But what if? What if? That's not for us to figure out. Once we've, be, once we've quieted ourselves and we're still, then we have to trust the direction that we're being led, even if it doesn't make sense to us. Because again, we, as people of faith, we have to do what the Bible teaches. It's to lean not to your own understanding and see a person who was the queen of overanalyzing. I will anal- overanalyze everything. The greatest discipline was, okay, this is what you want me to do. It's like, okay. And one of the things is that the last time I think you and I were together, I'm a journaler. I carry a journal with me everywhere I go because I'm looking for downloads. I'm looking for instructions and guidance. So the challenge is executing on that which you're receiving. It's like, okay, you asked for it, you received it, now it's time to execute. When you say the word execute, I remember a conversation we had (laughs) about execution. Are you willing to share what that turning point moment was for between you and I and that word execute? We were celebrating my sister's birthday. And we were on the top of, we were on the rooftop of this beautiful hotel. 
And we were having this beautiful brunch that our sister Celeste had fixed for us. We had the lemonade, yes, indeed. little shrimp, and all the wonderful delicacies. Something good foods. Yes, yeah, something good foods. And how the Lord used you to speak to each of our lives. But when you came to me, you said, Cheryl, I just hear the Lord saying, you just need to stop overanalyzing and just execute. And it just rung so true. And this was right before pandemic set in. Mm -hmm. But it stuck with me. And see, one of the things that's important is not what we hear, but how we hear and how Mm -hmm. we act upon in terms of executing what we hear. I knew that because when we spend times and you use my word intentional, when I spend intentional time with him every morning and he's giving me downloads and he's making a deposit, I already knew that he used you to speak that word. So, okay, now I need the instructions. So, again, it's moving forward in the state of execution once you've received the instruction. We don't have to ask anybody else's opinion. We don't have, all we have to do is just do what we're, just like Nike says, just do it. Just do it. You know what, Cheryl? I'm going to share something with you. And I don't remember if I ever told you this or not. There came a season in time during that same time where you would come back and ask me another question or ask my advice on something. And the Holy Spirit told me, do not answer another one of her questions. So my sister and we, you know, I love you. And you know my personality. If someone sends me a text message and they ask me a question or ask for my advice, I'm going to text them back with a resource or a reply in my heart said, do not respond to another single text message. She sends you. She knows what she's supposed to do. Now she needs to do it. Don't ask another person any more advice. You have already been told what to do. It's now time to execute. That's right. And, <laughs> and you know, the funny thing about that, when you share that and you ask the question previously and you see my response, that's exactly what I teach women to do. Stop asking other people about what it is that you're supposed to do. Because if you've been intentional to spend time, you've already been given the instructions just to go. And Beatrice, she's not, she's not lying. She would not answer my text at all. And then when I do something, she would say, see, I told you. I need to do it. I need to do it. Yes. And that was it. That was it. It was stepping out. It's stepping out and just believing that even if you don't step out perfectly, because I think that's a a part of Mm -hmm. something that keeps people stuck, is their fear that they won't do it perfectly. Well, guess what? It's not about doing it perfectly. It's about moving because you're never going to do it perfectly. It's never going to be the perfect time. It's never going to be the perfect situation, but you will miss out Mm. on why you are here waiting for perfection when all God is asking you to do is make progress. Yes. Yes. What was a marker point for you in order to allow you to let go and let God. What was pivotal for you? Pivotal for me was February the 8th, 
2018, when I quit my full-time job as an executive director and administrator for a non-public school and an after-school program. That was pivotal for me because it was something that I loved doing, but at some point it was causing me great stress. And I was holding on because the salary was excellent and it would help me do the things I thought I needed to do. But the level of stress that it was causing me, I had to make a decision. And that day, that was the day that the Eagles had won and everybody was celebrating. They had the big parade in Center City. I was off that day. I went into the office, had a conversation. It did not go the way I chose to. And that small, still voice says, today is your day. And I resigned from that position. And if I could tell you what happened in my life, all those things that I overanalyzed, they started to grow feet and move because we can get in our way by overanalyzing what if, when should I do it, what should I do, how should I do it, who do I need versus letting go and letting God. And I I, I did what I was told to do, but I will tell you that later on, I think, what am I going to do now? You just... (laughs) instructed me to quit my job. Ask me, ask me, has he not been faithful to what it is that he instructed me to do? When you say that, there's something that I also, that has been coming up for me Mm -hmm. multiple times is that when when individuals have said, okay, I want to do this, but it looks scary. I'm not certain. They step out And it ends up not running as smoothly as they had hoped. Mm -hmm. And they allow doubt to come in. Something that I've been encouraging um, some of my mentees most recently is that stop expecting it to be easy. Recognize, go into it understanding that when something big is on your life, you're going to have to climb for it. Now, will God open doors for you? Will he provide favor? All of those things are true, but something I've also noticed that have people either retreat or stay stuck is that the project is hard. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's hard or it's stretching, it's uncomfortable, people will shrink back. And I've, I've been encouraging them to recognize, get your expectation clear that mm-hmm. when it is something that is bigger than you, it is going to stretch you. It's going to be hard. You're going to be tired at times. You're going to want to quit. But that doesn't mean that it's not meant for you. It's growing you because unless if you are used, if you what what is the scripture? If you tire with men, how mm. will you ever run with horses? You have got to get stronger. So, yes. You've got to be able to toughen up and be able to overcome challenges. As we get ready for a second break, I can't believe how fast this conversation is going by. But as we get ready for a a second break, what have you grown to understand about yourself in this change or growth experience? Because I'm one who had, and I say that very humbly, the tendency to overanalyze what I have learned when we talk about growth is that I didn't have to have all the answers. 
I did not have to have all the answers so that I, with perfection, could cross the T's and dot the I's. That in itself is a place that people tend to get stuck because they feel like, well, I can't move because I don't have all the answers. Well, we're growing through the process. And when you talk about growth, when we're growing through the process and it is going to be hard we're also learning. We're being equipped. We're being prepared for that which lies ahead, that we might not see the full picture. But it doesn't mean that we give up and we throw in the towel or we wait for somebody to come to our rescue because it's our journey. It's what it is that we're being equipped and how we're growing. So the very things, and as coaches, we know we can coach. I can coach anybody from A to Z. They can go get it done. I can motivate them. But when it comes to us, it's the same thing. Who much is given, much, much is required. And sometimes we don't realize that, you know, there's a cost. There's going to be a cost to this. It's going to be hard. So it's recognizing and accepting that I don't have to have all the answers. Yeah, yeah. I don't have all the answers. I love that. I love that. I appreciate recognizing that even from someone who stands on platforms and explains self-care, that there is a, a, a balance to it, but recognizing that self-care doesn't mean that you're not going to be stretched, that you're not, that elements are still going to be hard. Recognize what you need to do consistently to refuel so that your stuck place doesn't come from exhaustion. <laughs> I know you have an entire story about yes. getting exhausted. Yes. There's a balance. There's a harmony. And I'm careful with that word balance because sometimes people think of balance as this even thing when it's really recognizing how are you going to prioritize? What is the most important thing? in this moment and be willing to pay the cost to move that thing forward. Yes. Not that you're not going to get to the other things, but in order for the other things to have a place and space, you must be willing yes. to prioritize your next step. Mm -hmm. Wow. I tell you, Cheryl, this has been Fruitful for me. I, I truly hope that those who have been listening have been able to really gain insight to what's holding them stuck, what fear has uh, kept their mind circling around instead of executing. When we come back from this next break, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of what are what's your advice? What are the habits? What are the tools that those that you coach, the clients that you work with, mm -hmm. what do you advise to actually begin to execute? So we're going to come back with those answers mm -hmm. during this break. I hope that you will also check out all of the resources that Living Strong Consulting provides. You can check out our website at www.livingstrongllc.com. We'll be right back. the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out 
in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back to our conversation with Reverend Cheryl Hurley. She is a life coach and an author and a curriculum developer. But what I love about uh, her bio is that she is a partner in purpose for, mm-hmm. for and with individuals. And so we've been talking about the thought process of getting unstuck. And now we're jumping into the last part of our conversation around strategy, habits, tips, tools. And one piece that stuck out for me from one of our listeners, uh, she's also a life coach, Diana Hill. And she said one area to that was impactful for her was self-awareness, self-acceptance, and self-actualization. It was hard, and all three of those were a learning curve for her. What are your thoughts about that, Cheryl? I absolutely agree that self, especially that self-awareness, because we can go on and move forward and not take moments to pause and find out what are those things that are causing us to become stuck. Stuck. So I appreciate what it is that she shared. And I believe wholeheartedly, you know, that that's something that you have to do. Yes. Self-actualization is everything. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think about how often individuals, even when they're stuck, mm-hmm. I'll encourage them. And I know I have followed you and I have listened to how you've instructed individuals to not be afraid to get still. Mm-hmm. But even in providing that advice for clients, mm-hmm. uh, for those that we work with, sitting still, there there seems to even be a fear associated with the act of sitting still, which would provide self-awareness, self-actualization, and self-acceptance, especially as people of faith, being willing to trade in, or Mm -hmm. as Diana Hill shared in the comments, unlearn 
mm -hmm. things that are no longer serving us or the things that have been a lie, mm -hmm. sometimes that requires us to really get still. What have you learned about that process or the struggle of getting still? Um, learning to be still and the process of it and why it's so difficult because it's a discipline. It's a discipline because we tend to be so busy that it's a discipline to quiet ourselves and simply be still. Being still in our thoughts, being still in our emotions and being still in what it is that we think we need to do. We're recognizing that we owe it to ourselves to take those intentional moments to just be still. And not only that, uh, Viadra, something else that you shared is that, you know, we talk about what are the strategies. It's like to just stop. Just look yourself in the mirror and just say, I'm going to stop. And when you pause to stop, take note to stop to think about what you're thinking about. And when we think about that, how often do we intentionally take time to stop to think about what we're thinking about? And then when things begin to come up, because we're talking about self-awareness and we're talking about self-actualization, when things begin to come up, one of the things that I tell clients to do, own it. Own what's coming up. Don't run from it. Own it. Because once you own it, you now have something tangible that you can begin to work with. When we deny that it's there, then it stays there hidden. And when we talk about coming out of hiding, that's where that unpacking becomes so powerfully necessary. So those are two strategies. There are several others, but those are the first two that came up for me when you mentioned um, Diana's comment about the self-actualization and self-awareness. It is key. Ladies, my brothers that are there, take moments to stop and be still. Put the bait, put the busy on the shelf for a minute. You know, because one of the things when we talk about the social media, you know, I I cringe when I see people and they express just how terribly busy they are. I just want to say, just pause. I know it's important, but you owe it to yourself to take moments just to pause. It's just so vitally important. Yeah. When I think about what you just shared, and sometimes we can confuse busyness with pr being productive, and they're two very different things. Uh, sometimes busyness can be something we pick up to avoid mm. the actual productive steps of mm. growing and moving forward. Something else in not pushing away the things that you have been afraid to realize or learn about yourself, it's actually bringing those things up to the surface. I don't know about you, Cheryl, but I know that in some clients that I've worked with, mm -hmm. their fear of actually feeling has kept them from moving forward because the fear, if I start feeling, I won't be able to stop. Mm -hmm. What have you encountered or been able to coach people through who've been afraid of e even connecting with what they're feeling or the thoughts that they have? I encourage them to acknowledge it because, first of all, if it's coming up, acknowledge it and embrace it. Don't run from it because what happens is going to keep recycling back again. It's going to keep coming around. But take those moments to acknowledge what's coming up and begin to address it. 
rather than brush it under the carpet, begin to address it because it's holding you in a pattern that's not allowing you to move forward. And what happens when you begin to acknowledge it, you're taking ownership of it. Doesn't mean that it has to live with you and it doesn't mean that it has to stay with you, but it's okay. I need to process this. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and sometimes it has to do with unforgiveness because of some of the experiences that we've had that's caused us to become stuck. And it comes up when we acknowledge it because we will, we will be quick to say, and I'll use this as an I statement because it was my past experience that I've forgiven someone or something or myself only to find out that I hadn't, but it only came to fruition when I acknowledged it. So I would say to a person who's struggling with that being still, when you're still, whatever's coming up for you, acknowledge it. It's okay. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, but you're being truthful to yourself. That's powerful. When you brought up the word forgiveness and uh, Nancy in our uh, chat community uh, walked us right into that during our break. I think there's elements of being stuck that Mm -hmm. are tied to unforgiveness and how recognizing that when you forgive someone, it's about your process of letting go of whatever it is that offended you. It's not necessarily about them apologizing. It's not, uh, it is not at all about or giving, uh, saying that what they did was okay. Forgiveness is not about any of that. I think from in my own journey, mm-hmm. forgiveness became authentic for me, and I was able to move out of my stuck place mm-hmm. when the presence, the word, the name, the mm-hmm. voice of the person no longer triggered me into shrinking back. But I actually could wish them well and move on because I knew my life was not chained to the pain of what they did. Forgiveness is a process, but if we're not willing to actually venture into the hard place of forgiveness, we will forever stay stuck in that moment of pain, continuously rehashing the trigger of what they did. It's not saying that you have to allow them to continue to hurt you. That That's not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying recognizing get free from that thing. Because when I forgive them, it's acknowledging the forgiveness that I've received and I can move forward from that place. Cheryl, we literally have four (laughs) minutes left and I want to make sure everyone begins to hear, where are you now? What is bringing you joy? What are you working on? What you have come out of hiding and you are unstuck. So tell us what are you up to now? What I'm up to now is that because I was willing to take the step that you just described is something that I help other individuals do. I was in a prison cell 
and we don't realize unforgiveness is like a prison cell. When we hold the key, when we're willing to forgive situations, whether we get the apology, whether we get this, that, or the other, but we're willing to render forgiveness to others, we not only free them, but we free ourselves. And because of the adversity, because of so many different things that I had gone through, I didn't realize I had been in that place that I was also walking with some unforgiveness. So I got my joy back. I got my joy back. And as I said, what my daily routine is letting go, letting God set the agenda for me each and every day. So when he sets that agenda, he's freed me up to do some things that are just like, he, 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 I can't even, it's almost like, it's just so great. It's like, it's unbelievable. But one of the things I want to say is that the Queens who defied the odds, that was a recent book project where not only did I get my voice back in terms of what it is that God had called me to do, he called me to empower women, I allowed 21 women to own their voice, to tell their stories, and to walk in freedom. That was so empowering. In addition to that, I've had several projects that I've been working on, and you know we have the Think Again e-course that I'm one of the curriculum developers that has taken its feet, and it's just like, it's just moving forward, and I'm so grateful for that. But I also, the little Black girl who was told that she should become a social worker and forget about journalism, not only did I have a book released on this past Sunday, what God have to do with it. I have another book that's in the works now, and it's called Living What You Read that will be published in January, February of 2022. So I'm still writing and I'm so excited about that. There are other things that are coming forth, but if there was one thing that I could say that I'm doing, I'm enjoying letting God have complete control of my life, a life of surrender. God, whatever it is that you called me to do, because you're the one to put these things deep down on the inside, not only empowering other women, but allowing him to orchestrate the reins of my life that he gets complete control and he he has complete control, but he gets all the glory. And I'm just so excited. So I just got my joy back. And that was something that I fought hard for. You know, I could even feel the tears bubbling up on the inside because I was fought for that and I got it back. So I'm excited about that. I mean, whatever he says tomorrow that he wants me to do, then that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I don't, there's so many things. I don't have like one thing, but I know that he has called me to empower. He's called me to inspire. And that's exactly what I desire to do. And I'm just so inspired by you and what it is that how God used you as an instrument to get me back in this place. I just want to say to you, thank you. You know, my sister, I appreciate you as we close out and something that just continued to come up for me as I listened to all of the things that you just shared. And I hope that someone who is listening right now that feels like they're stuck, just take the first step. Mm -hmm. If you're obedient in just taking that first step, everything else will fall into place in its timing. Stop overthinking it. Stop wanting it to be perfect. Just take the step. Mm -hmm. Thank you, my sister, for an amazing conversation. I so appreciate you and all that you are doing, all that you have been impacting others with and through. And I appreciate your flip side of adversity story that will encourage and inspire many. So 
Thank you for sh- for logging in and listening to another episode of Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. We'll see you, be with you next week. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs>